Hello, family. Thank you so much for joining me today. We are here for another episode of Documenting Dreams, specifically episode 12. How exciting is this? I am super excited, as always, to bring before you some guests and those people who feel like they're ordinary, but they're doing extraordinary things. And this guest is definitely one of those people that falls into the category. She is, you know, if I could say... We are so S-O-U-L connected. And I'm so grateful for our spirits that have connected in such a way that allow us to be our most authentic self. We were, we came together through our children. And ever since that time, our relationship has blossomed into so many different things and we have reunited. And on this platform today, I just want to give Christy Collins an opportunity to tell her story about her dreams and her goals and just exactly what's happening. And so my name is Janelle Haynes. I am your host of Documenting Dreams. And I look forward to you learning more about Christy Collins' story today. So Christy, if you could start off for us, tell us what is your elevator speech? Ooh, <laughs> um, my elevator speech is I do staffing. And what that means is um, I have dedicated my career to solving staffing issues, problems within so many different sectors of business. Um, and so, you know, if you have a problem and now with staffing shortages that just about every industry has experienced, I'm the girl you're going to call to come help you come up with um, solutions and looking at different ways to attract talent, to keep talent, um, and maybe different ways to um, recruit talent. Awesome. So you're a talent specialist in so many I am a talent specialist. I think that's I a good one. Like that. yeah. That's awesome. I need so, to use it. <laughs> you should, yes. You're absolutely <laughs> in that space. So I'm curious, how did you get to staffing? What what's how did what is that story? Wow. Um, okay, so it's interesting. I was just telling this story the other day, and I never really talk about it publicly, but um my degree is from the University of Georgia in social work. And I stayed in social work all of five minutes because after I got my degree um, and I had to do some clinical work, I realized quickly that the type of person that I am, I love people, I'm a giver, and I would take every concerning issue home with me and try to fix it. Um, that wasn't possible. And so um, doing the work that most social workers do, um, and that is going into homes and trying to um, resolve issues and concerns, major concerns uh, for the welfare of children. That's where I started, but um, it became very emotional for me. And I felt like that was not my calling. Um, so out of college and realizing that I have this degree now, but this isn't what I want to do, what should I do? Um, during that transition, I went to a staffing agency and I got a job as a mail clerk. So I pushed mail right out of college. Um, and it was for one of the bigger resources for IT um, in corporate America and called Matrix Resources. And to be honest with you, the entire floor was someone who looked completely not like me. Um, all white males and they were making so much money 
and I would pass out the mail and I always wondered like, what is it? What are they doing? And how are they able to make such great money? Mm -hmm. And so I actually stole a training book um, <laughs> from my employer, took it home and it was about yay thick. Mm -hmm. And I went through it, read through it. Then I would ask questions. And then the other little thing that I'm not so proud about is I doctored up my resume and instead of putting a male girl on there or um, male attendant, I put junior recruiter. Went to a smaller company and sold myself as a recruiter, spoke the language, and the rest was history. Love that. <laughs> oh my gosh. This you can't do that this episode. Please you do not can. follow my lead <laughs> because now they do extensive background checks. Um, so hey, don't, don't. That was way back when. Yeah, well, but you saw an opportunity to create a lane for yourself and you took advantage of that moment. You know, it might not be able to happen now for some people and that's unfortunate, but you created the lane for yourself. And, you know, for our dreamers that are listening, that can still happen. It just looks different now. And so, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, you take, we can take that piece of your story and figure out how that works for us. So, yeah. you know, yeah. with that being said, who do you hope to inspire? We well, first and foremost, my children. Um, being a mother is probably the single most rewarding experience, one of the single most rewarding experiences of my life. And um, it's important to me that I make a big enough statement for my children to be very proud um, of their mom and to create legacy in their life. Um, I was just telling my oldest son the other day, um, if he didn't hurry up and get his career off to the right path, he would become my right hand and he would learn how to take over this business. Mm. <laughs> so I'm inspired by my little ones. Yeah. So how did he receive that message? We're just going to go back for a second. Um, he has no desire to do what I do, but it all made sense mm -hmm. to him because, of course, on some levels, I still support him. Yeah. And he knows that I do pretty well. So I mm -hmm. think it's something that he's like, okay, maybe it's not so bad. Mm. Yeah. But he's still in his 20s, um, a SCAD graduate, creative. Yeah. So his first priority is to hopefully live his dream. And I, I believe that anybody um, that has breath in their body has the ability to dream and dream big. Absolutely. Hence, documented dreams. And, you know, he'll hear one day uh, soon you on this podcast saying that you're ready to support his dream and I'm sure you've said it to him but you know to hear it again and for a parent to say some things publicly is just it's a beautiful level of affirmation and so I'm Absolutely. glad to be able to hear it myself and hope that he will hear it in this message as well so let's talk about your story if you were to write your story where would you begin and who would you who would you have write it or tell it if, if it's not you? It could be, but Ooh. what part of your story would you begin? You know, that's interesting because um, one, I've lived many lives. Mm. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have turned 50 this year. And I feel like in these 50 years, I have experienced a lot of life. Um, and so I have no regrets about that. I feel like I've had four careers. Um, I've been a college student, 
I've been in the music industry, I've been in corporate America, and now I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, telling my story is something that at some point I feel like is it's a part, it's a chapter in my life that must be done. Mm-hmm. Um, who would tell it and how? I haven't thought that deep into it. Mm-hmm. I do know that it will be juicy. <laughs> um, I know that some tears will be shed and a whole mm-hmm. lot of laughter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel that I should because my story is not a very straightforward um, narrative. It is all over the place. I I live life to the fullest, and you know that about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've had high highs and low lows. Yeah. Um, but I try to make the most out of absolutely every experience I've had, and so. I feel like maybe I'll tell my story, but I do feel like it needs to be told. Yeah. So you said you live many lives and there'll be lots of different things to come out of the story, out of those different lives you live. And I'm so glad I heard you say college because I don't think people think about it as living a different part of life. Um, However, it definitely is, right? It's a a huge part of the story in the building. But when we hear the story, what do you think will be the overall theme? What do you think will people will walk away with, or as Oprah would say, what will lift off the page for people? Um, I think what you will gain from this is that no matter how low you go, no matter what the the what's in front of you, what is the outer world may be seeing saying to you that it is what is inside of you that will be heard um, the loudest. Mm -hmm. And that's really controlled by you. Um, So I do feel that because of these many lives and because in each downtime, I've had to recalibrate my life. um, That's the beauty about life is that Mm you can definitely no matter where you are where you want to be as long as you have breath in your body um you can get there i love that you said recalibrate your life i feel like that's what will lift off the page recalibrate your life that's beautiful so we talked about you know your who you hope to inspire and your story you know what about a personal mission is, there, is that slightly different or is there a mission that's you know set up that's different from um i'm a people person so um of course like i said my children and outside of that um women girls if i could share something um or be an example for someone or you know or, or someone um it is my desire to keep the generations behind or in front from having to step in a pothole that I've already experienced. Mm -hmm. I experienced it for a reason. And so me recalibrating my life more than once um, is a testimony. And what I'm hoping that I leave behind once I'm no longer um, is a roadmap on how to get it done. And if you don't get it done the first time or it looks different the first time, you can keep restarting until you are satisfied with where you end up. And so inspiring, no matter who it is, is I think my mission on this earth. 
Ooh, I like that. So what about who believes in you the most? <laughs> to be honest with you, probably me. Yeah. 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 I, um, you know, I did not come from a background where I had a lot of, you can do this because a lot of what I wanted to do was outside the scope of what was normal. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to be an actress, singer, and I care less about anything else. Mm -hmm. And my mom and my dad were very practical people. It had to make sense for them. And my mom would always tell me, get your head out the sky. Mm -hmm. um, and somehow I'm still in the sky. <laughs> I never leave. Um, so I've always felt like I could do things that the normal person couldn't do. And sometimes I would feel like the eyeball out because it made no sense to anybody else. So I have always had to motivate myself um, to get things done. So what's one word that would describe you? you think about all those things. Relentless. Yes. Yes. What does a relentless Christie look like? Ooh. Huh. One that no matter what she's faced with, um, you know, I have my moments, as we all do. I have those dark moments where I don't want to get out of the bed. I close the door. I don't answer my phone. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to talk myself through this. Um, but a relentless Christy is one that no matter what I've been faced with, whether business or personal, most of the time, if you just look at me, you probably, unless you know me, you would not know that I was going through anything. Mm -hmm. And I think you can say that about me. Um, mm -hmm. I don't wear what I've been through mm -hmm. on me. Um, but then sometimes it gets the best of you. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's still one where I have to talk myself through whatever I'm dealing with. And sometimes it's just me, myself and my God. Mm -hmm. And that is what has um, sustained me. And, and that's enough, right? Sometimes yeah. it's just that's, that's exactly that's what all you, you need. need. Sometimes, yeah. you know what I realized about myself and I, I probably just realized this. Um, somebody asked me a question, had I ever lived alone? Mm. And I had to think about that word and I'm like, alone. Mm. I've never spent a lot of time alone. But this, this most recent chapter of my life, I have been forced to sit in my own silence. Mm. And I think that we oftentimes don't realize the value mm -hmm. in silence, sitting in silence, sitting with yourself, your thoughts, meditating, um, connecting internally um, and shutting out the outside world. That is where I am in my journey right now. And so I'm learning to be very protective of my space, my energy, and put my big girl panties on mm -hmm. um, to usher me through some challenges. Cause I still have them. I mm -hmm. still have them. I've been extremely successful. Um, in my business, had never done business like this before, but in that I've also had extreme difficulties, um, because they're learning curves and things that you don't know and you don't know what you don't know until you know it. Right. So, um, <laughs> so I can honestly tell you that, um, 
yeah, it's just sometimes that alone time for me has been where the gems really are. Yeah, so true. Listening to our inner selves is we we undervalue that time, as you said. You know, we sometimes we don't see the blessing in the silence, especially when you have personalities like mine and yours. We like to talk to people. We like to engage, we're social, sometimes yeah. we're life of the party, you mm-hmm. know, and yeah. it can feel yeah. like they're stripped yeah. away, you know, to mm-hmm. some degree when you get silenced. But you, but taking a moment, well, the first having that realization that silence is okay. And then yeah. taking a moment to appreciate that silence, you know, has an opportunity to present things and ideas that we might not have mm-hmm. tapped into had there been distractions or noise in the system. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, Absolutely. I, I totally 100% agree with that. So let's think about your, you said your thoughts. What are um, <clears throat> some of your best or one of your best childhood memories? Hmm. One of my best childhood memories. Okay. So this really shaped who I would say Christy Collins is. Okay. Um, anybody who knows me knows I love fashion and I love <laughs> Right. And so I come from a family of women who pro- pride themselves on what they look like. My mother is 80 years old. And I think the last picture I saw her, she had a shoulder out, like a, <laughs> a, a cold shoulder shirt. And I'm like, and a real five blonde wig. And I'm like, okay, girl, I see you. Uh, and she will call me with a whole outfit put yeah. together what I want to look like. So, you know, that is the kind of family I came from. Well, my aunt, um, who I promised you in most of my life that I'd seen her, she never wore the same thing twice. And that was something that um, she was a school teacher and all everybody talked about how she never wore the same thing twice. She would come to Atlanta twice a year. Um, and she would take me with her. And the two stores that she would visit would be Neiman Marcus and Saks Fifth Avenue. And I would walk through those stores with her in awe of everything, the prices, how beautiful things were, the, the display, just everything was over the top and opulent. And I would always say, when I grow up, this is where I'm gonna shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I would look at the prices and be like, oh my God, you know, how could you spend that much money on shoes? You know, we're still a place where, you know, we were good to go to like a Parisians or, um, you know, a department store like Macy's to get shoes. Um, so to see shoes in the hundreds or thousands of dollars was just amazing to me. And so for me, it resonated with me and who I wanted to be um, and how I wanted people to look at me um, the way that they admired my aunt. And I think that shaped me as a person um, and and also as somebody who prides myself on, you know, how I feel and what I look like when I walk out the door and represent myself. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I think it's prime time. When you look good, you feel good. You feel good. You feel good, <laughs> they pay good. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's right. not all of the quote, but all of the things you said in that moment were so very true. That is amazing. And and it's nothing like a good auntie. Come on, auntie. Good old auntie. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So when you think about, let's say your auntie or people like that in your life, you know, one of the things I like to think about is, you know, my starting lineup, as they say in sports, I have my elite eight. Those are the people that have different purposes in my life and right. they hold me accountable. 
mm-hmm. you know, day ones, you know, those people that mm-hmm. they just know you inside and out. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. had to give your starting lineup, and you don't have to name them, but maybe mm-hmm. tell the things and the ways that they show up in your life. Who who would those people be or what ooh, are they now? Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, so <laughs> this is resonating with me in this very moment because um, I did have an experience here most recently. And just because people know you for a long time doesn't necessarily mean they know you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use that word friend a lot. Friend. I think everybody's my friend. My mom used to say that about me. Mm-hmm. You think everybody's your friend. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I do. But um, <laughs> that unfortunately is not necessarily the truth. Mm-hmm. And that is a hard truth for me. But in this season of this new journey for me and solidifying my purpose on this earth. I'm reading, um, and I, I'm reading a few different books, but in this one excerpt of a book, it mentioned um, your friends or the people around you are a mirror of, of who you are. Mm-hmm. And I had to step back and really think about that and look at the people around me. And I have to tell you that I have such amazing friends. Mm-hmm. I have the friends who, so just keep it 100. I did not want to turn 50. <laughs> Go figure that. I didn't want to turn 50. Yeah. I didn't want to acknowledge turning 50. Yeah. I wasn't interested in being 50. Nothing that looked like 50. So I said, I'm not having no birthday party. I'm not going anywhere. Well, Janelle, you know me. I'm the party girl. Yeah. I'm the, let's get it going. Let's take a yeah. trip. Let's, you know. Yeah. And nobody can believe I was very quiet around that birthday time. And I'm like, I don't, don't nobody call my phone, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And so my friends were like, we have something planned and we need you at this time, this place. And I was so irritated. <laughs> <laughs> but when I walked through that door, that's when I realized I'm like looking at a mirror of all the people in that room that if I'm depressed, if I'm I'm hurt, if I my kids need something, if I need advice, um, a place to live. My, I mean, anything I could possibly think of that I need, mm-hmm. um, I have it in the people that are around me. And so um my relationships and the love for the people in my life run so deep. Mm-hmm. Some have been here for a very long time. My best friend, you know, uh, we may not talk every day, but I promise you, if I told her, yo, I need you, mm-hmm. she'd be on the first thing smoking. Yeah. Um, she She's the one who start fights. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Everybody needs that friend. Right. Everybody needs that friend now. We don't really need to be doing this, but she's about yay high and that big and she got the biggest mouth. And so she will go to blows about me. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) I mean, I just look around and I have that in every aspect of my life and it's too many to to name. It's just, I'm very comfortable Mm -hmm. with those mirror of friends yeah. and it lets me know that I'm all right yeah. and I got one or two that might say a little something and I look mm-hmm. at myself and go am I like that that's not <laughs> how I want to be yeah. and then I have to really think about it like okay I use that word friend lightly so mm-hmm. I have learned to shrink it up a little bit mm-hmm. and if somebody's not happy with me I, I, I just said today 
My intentions will always be right and I will always strive to do the right thing and, and, and give my best. Yeah. And that's all you can do, right? If you know you gave your best and you had the right intentions, whatever the outcome is, it doesn't really matter because you left it all on the table, left it on the field and you were in the right headspace. And so you can't worry about the rest. Everything else, minutia. Because I did what I was supposed to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely. And and being accountable if you didn't. I mean, I am one of those. There you go. Trust me, sometimes I can get defensive. You know, I wait. You know, I plead plead my case. And then sometimes you just have to sit in accountability and say, yeah, I might have been wrong or I could have handled that a different way. And I'm truly sorry. And please forgive me. Yeah. If you can't accept that from me, I don't know what else to give you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I tell people all the time, I I was at a place where I definitely will apologize, you know, if you're hurt. But then there's there's other part of that piece is it's apologizing, but owning you. And when I got to a place of owning my, I was like, oh, this is so freeing. Like I can apologize because I know I'm enough. I, I think you're similar in the sense that, you know, you're self-aware and you can tell when it, you know, feels kind of funky or that, that moment mm-hmm. was awkward. Mm-hmm. And I got to a place where I was like, no, I'm just tired of apologizing. I'm saying, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then what that doesn't mean, you know, you need to stop saying it necessarily as much as, okay, own the piece of it and acknowledge it, say it out loud. And that's what I think allows you to move forward to your point. Yeah. So then, you know, the, the outcome and the consequences, like I said it, this is what happened. And I think that's a part of our growth too. So I'm, I'm grateful to hear you say that out loud. You know, every time I do this recording of this show, I get these friendly reminders, which is part of the reason why I do it. It's, you know, my goal in life is to remain humble. And the guests that have come on the show and shared their stories remind me of the pieces of humility that I need to keep tapping into. And yep. so I'm, I'm grateful you know, to hear you say some of the things and have those friendly reminders of the things that are important for us to keep doing. And so it's just humbling. It's a blessing. And so when I think about the blessings and the humbling, you know, there are people that are, that have our back, right? And we don't always remember to shout them out, but if you could, who's, who's the person in the trenches that gets the least amount of credit? Mm. Probably my mother. Mm. My mom, um, I don't cry to people often and it's hard to cry to her mm-hmm. because if I shed a tear, she's like, I'm coming on the Greyhound bus today. <laughs> <laughs> she would drive if she could, but she's right. like, I'm on the Greyhound, you need me today. <laughs> and so um, probably my mother, you know, she is very different. She came from a very different era. So she is not the warm and fuzzy type. Um, she's more the, I'm just gonna tell you, you know, kind of that person. And she has her opinions, mm-hmm. but um, she is one that she has taught me to go hard for my. My mom goes hard for hers. Mm-hmm. She is the favorite aunt. She is the fra- favorite friend. She, yeah, her kids, we might give her a little, you know, AG double hockey sticks. But at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah. if you need her, she's going to be there. So she yeah. just, she taught me loyalty. 
And I think loyalty, if you don't have any mm -hmm. to something or mm -hmm. someone, mm -hmm. um, it can leave you a bit empty and all over the place. And it, I, I don't know if you have, but I've definitely experienced people who don't quite understand what the meaning of loyalty is. Oh, yes. And, and so they will kind of do anything to get what they want. Yeah. And be so benefit themselves. Yep. There you go. Yeah. And can be loved ones. I've had that happen with loved ones. And I tend to attract that. And then once I recognize that, I tend to retreat from that. Mm. And so, yeah, my mom taught me loyalty. And I think that is one of those things that I don't, I don't think you can expect great karma in your life if you don't know how to be loyal. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And this, but this leads right into, you know, one of the portions where I ask people about the quote and what it means to you. And the quote that keeps coming up for me when I talk to you in this moment and even talking to you before is she believed she could, so she did. What does that mean for you? So it goes back to that point of relentless. Mm -hmm. No matter what I'm faced with, mm -hmm. I will find a way. Mm -hmm. to regroup and rebound mm -hmm. no matter what and recalibrate and recalibrate <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that's awesome i i believe that and i see that i, I know that to be true for sure so what is one of the hardest decisions you've had to make and who did it impact the most um getting a divorce mm and it impacted my children. Mm -hmm. That was the hardest moment of my life. Um, and it is still hard mm -hmm. because my children are impacted and there are times when they mention it and we talk about it. And it has not gotten easier for me. What I can say though, is that I try when I, I give it my absolute best in most situations to be a good co-parenting partner, mm -hmm. to create as much of a comfortable experience for my children as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. But that is tough because for me, you know, I feel that I, you know, I love being a wife. I love being a mother. Mm -hmm. I love serving. I love you know this, you know, yeah. the yeah. family parties and gatherings and, mm -hmm. you know, um, that is a part of who I am. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. tough. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And that's when your ability to do that, I would imagine, is when you tap into that relentless Christy and the recalibration, Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. a rebirth. And yeah, I would argue that your ability while it's still tough i feel certain that your ability to demonstrate that to your children will make it just a little bit easier mm -hmm. not the easiest thing but mm -hmm. a little bit easier because they see the strength that you possess even in that time and i know you and i know your babies <laughs> and the the benefit of you one being that person and being able to say i know it's hard you know being vulnerable in front of them I am absolutely certain that everything is going to be just 
Right. Yeah. That's right. Because you do a good job of, you know, taking it to the next level and being a good person intentionally mm-hmm. to make people mm-hmm. feel comfortable. So you're doing a great job, mommy. Thank you. <laughs> we need to tell each other that a lot. Oh, um, absolutely. So. As black and brown women, you know, I've had conversations most re- recently about people's past experience many years ago. Some people as old as 70, some people, you know, in our age range between the 40 mm-hmm. and 50, even our young children, you know, as teenagers and thinking about colorism. Mm-hmm. If there's anything that I could remove from our history, if I had the power, is that colorism issue, you know, yeah. Yeah. deciding that, and I experienced it as, you know, being mm-hmm. the most brown girl in my group, you know, feeling mm-hmm. like I was othered or, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know less than, beautiful, <clears throat> and, and needing to hear it outside of my parents and my family, you know, all those things. And then later learning, this was the powerful thing. This is why I think we just have to break the, the bondage of that thought. Later learning the guys that I wanted to like me or the people that I wanted to think I was beautiful thought it all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They thought it mm-hmm. all the time, but I didn't think it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which probably, you know, some of the things we project are the things that get that mm-hmm. are returned to us. Right. I didn't always believe it. So, you know, not, un, being unable to hear it for myself, you know, mm-hmm. hearing it from someone else or waiting to hear it from someone else, rather. Right, right, right. It was not going to happen <laughs> until yeah. it did later. You know, I right. literally people were like, you know, everybody thought you were beautiful. I'm like, well, right, 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 right. right. <laughs> you oh, know, so I, I, and I, yeah, no, very, very, it was a very real experience. Something that, you know, really I hadn't spoken out loud to those closest to me, mm-hmm. but I, I saw it. And, you know, I, I kept kicking and something my sister reminded me was, she was like, you know, sometimes you were the last chosen, but you were the chosen one. Mm. And I was like, wow. to your point of having people in your circle and, and having someone to, to support you and the person in the trenches is probably my sister for me, right, you know, right. who gets the least amount of credit, who is always backing and pumping me up. And, you know, I can't undervalue family or take it for granted because she's always there right right. you know I ask people that question because I want if there's an opportunity to give those flowers give them now right say the name out loud you know even if you pick up the phone and call them and tell them it's yeah yes you know that's a part of the dream they're part of the dream yeah and so you, again, here's that humility and those little reminders that come out in the show. You, you reminded me, you know, yeah. of that. And you also reminded me that as black and brown women, that has to be a chain that we break. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. are a, ver- a variety and a rainbow of browns for a reason. Yes. What that brown be- represents strength. And we have to recognize that. Um, I'll give you a little, just a insight into like, I went to Africa, um, mm-hmm. for Christmas mm-hmm. and it was my first time mm-hmm. experiencing everyone mm-hmm. being black people, the mm-hmm. entire continent. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> 
And it was so eye-opening to see the women mm-hmm. who walked around with a baby on their back. Um, I saw furniture, food, um, these heavy pieces being balanced on a head with a child on a back and a child in the arm, walking, 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 walking. <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking and it's women everywhere, mm-hmm. everywhere. And in countries like Africa, um, men don't hold doors. Um, they walk in front of you. <laughs> they don't pick up the heavy lifting. That's the woman's job. Mm. And it really spoke volumes to me because I'm like, this is where it all started. Mm-hmm. I kept saying, how are their necks so strong? And what you notice is they start from little girls carrying baskets and things on their head. The stuff that I saw people balancing on their head was amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think I saw a whole couch, yeah. like balanced on somebody's head and <laughs> stuff on her arms and back. Her back. And yeah. I was just like, where are the men? You know, <laughs> and it's like, it started with that black woman. Yeah. And that's where, to me, the birth of strength comes from, yeah. our motherland. Tupac said. We all came from a woman, got our game from a woman, woman. and our name from a woman. Why in the world would we hate out? Yeah, we need to uh, remake that song. We need to come out again. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. This is the part of the show where I say, finish this statement. And this is exciting to me. I love this part because you just never know what people are going to say. So I'm going to say a statement and you're going to fill in the blank. All right. I am that girl. Oh, yes. <laughs> My favorite song is What came to mind is I am every woman. Oh, yes. My wife is version. <laughs> the original, yes. The original. My why is my why because I am okay people think I am but I am really people think I'm snooty (laughs) but I'm so down to earth agree 110 yes authentic absolutely you are the one of the most consistent people i know for sure <laughs> for sure <laughs> i get really nervous when people ask me to sing okay all right can't stop won't stop rockefeller records <laughs> when this song is on i am running straight to the dance floor Mm. Uh, too short. What's my favorite word? <laughs> you know what I was gonna say for you? Why you were thinking? <laughs> what was that song? Y'all were on the way to drop the kids to the school, and you thought Bella wasn't listening. And um, 
Y'all playing it, and it's and they be like, oh, is it chop it up? No, oh, it just did, did Bella res, res- She said it when she was getting on. The- <laughs> Why did she had on her headphones and was in her iPad? <laughs> she was like, definitely y'all was looking at each other and was like, oh yeah, we going too much. <laughs> what was the name? You know, of- to be honest with you, that could have been anything. Um, yeah, well, it was, was no, it was a specific song and that used to be plain. <laughs> Why can't I remember right now? But it was something about um, chopping it up, breaking it down. It was like, um, oh, I cannot believe I can't remember this song. <laughs> That's going to drive me. Okay, so you're going to have to, we're going to have to figure that out. We're going to figure that out. Oh yeah. my gosh! Um, you know it's breaking up, chopping up. You know what? Cut it! Cut it! Cut it! Cut it! Oh God! It's gonna come to me in a minute. I know it's not breaking up, chopping up. No, it's, no. it's cut it. You need to cut it. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> that's Bella. <laughs> oh, gosh, that was Speaking so of which, funny. let me shout out my daughter, Bella Jolie Wu-Frank, because the last podcast that I did, um, she saw it and all she cared about was, did you say my name? <laughs> did you talk <laughs> about me? <laughs> and when she heard the bit that I said about her, she was not happy because she said it wasn't enough. You okay. only spent a little time talking about me. Okay. So. Come on. This is the Bella Jolie <laughs> French moment. Please. Moment. <laughs> give, give, give my baby what she wants. Go ahead. My nine-year-old daughter, who is a carbon copy of her mother, mm-hmm. um, and what's so dynamic about her, I feel that she is me reincarnated. She's me without any of the boundaries that as a child I was given, she doesn't have. Um, Sometimes you have to reel it back in (laughs) because Bella says what she feels and what she thinks. And you know, um, so she's there at Windshape um, Chick-fil-A camp this week and her brother actually got to go with some of his classmates from school. Bella's classmates are going at a different time. So she had to go and she was the only brown girl in her bunker. And I saw the picture and I'm thinking, dang, my daughter's the only brown girl in this group. And then I thought about it. And one of our girlfriends that we both know from Johnson's Learning Center said, oh, don't worry. Bella Jolie will represent us well. I'm sure she has a good old Negro spiritual. (laughs) I saw that everybody's going to get. And I said, you know what? They will be bellified. There you go. <laughs> before the end of the week. So you going to know my name. you going to know my name. <laughs> Bella Jolie Ruth French. Come on, give it to me. <laughs> yeah. So there you have it, Bella. You got All your right. Home. Shout out to the Bells. Shout out to Bells. We love you. I thank you for saying that because, you know, our children, uh, I think it was, actually, I know it was, um, Cory Booker when Katanji Brown was being, gosh, you can't even say, it was literally yeah. questioned. Yeah, she was Not interview. Questioned. She was being yeah, questioned. Yeah, she was being questioned. To mm-hmm. many degrees, you could say what I felt like an interrogation, but he took a moment 
this is this this is a layered comment. He took a moment as a black man to mm-hmm. highlight that black woman mm-hmm. on a stage mm-hmm. that we she is now a trailblazer, right? Yeah. For yeah. our community, for women, yeah. not just black and brown women, but for women, but yes. especially for us, right? Yes. But yes. she showed yes. us the grace and yes. integrity that allowed her to be in that place and represent herself well. Right. She didn't right. have to be, you know, our person, but she represented herself well. But to get back to talking about our children, Cory Booker said it so well, and it, it you talk about something resonating or sticking to you, giving you kind of a gut punch of reality. He said, mm-hmm. my mom says all the time that having children is like your heart walking around outside of your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when Ooh. people get to see your heart, yeah, you hope that they see the best part of you. Absolutely. And Absolutely. our children are the best. Listen, <laughs> yeah, the ch- our children are the best parts of us. Absolutely. And I'm so grateful. Absolutely. You know, you're shouting out your children. Let me let me do the same. Thank you for kicking it off. <laughs> Thank you, Bella, for reminding us. Talk about leaving your mark to shout out our children. And I just want to shout out Jordan, Joy, and JT for allowing me to be your mother. For God gifting me with you and showing me the importance of walking in my gifts. You know, we talked Absolutely. about it earlier offset, off and this is the time for us to be our most authentic self. And yes. you were one of the people that God put on my spirit and said, just ask her to come on and talk about parts of her soul, her dreams and her goals and wow. reconnect. Cause you know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I briefly talked about our time felt like a long time, but really yeah. it was only a brief time that we were not able to be in each other's lives. And everything happens for a reason, time and a season. But mm-hmm. in that time, God allowed us to figure out who we were yes. outside of each other, but bring us back to a place that was important for us to connect, you know, in, in this time. Absolutely. And I, I am eternally grateful for all the yeah. before this time in the middle of that time and this time. So I, I thank you so much, Christy Tyler, for being here. Mm-hmm. I thank you for your vision. I thank you for all the things that you're doing for our community and providing a place where people can come and genuinely be staffed somewhere that you know suits their niche or their gifts. I thank you for having two very beautiful children. Three, you know, I know two very mm-hmm. well, but two, two that I know enough to have witness you know what I mean them as beautiful spirits they are consistent their love didn't change our children hadn't seen each other in years and it was like an automatic pick up where we left off and you know it's funny I tried to create a moment for them when we did connect that was um, we went to a game and and they were like "Uh, you know it's okay and I was like dang for a moment I was like it, it, why does it feel weird? But then when we got back to the house, because that's where they uh, wanted to. But they wanted they, to be together. They that's where they connect. The yeah, they're like, <laughs> like you know, we go back. Auntie Janelle, like for real, you know, this is not how we kick it. Right, right. But like, we don't yeah. need the pomp and circumstance. We yeah. just need a house, each other, some snacks, yeah. and, and each other. Each other. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's it. it. If I can run up with something to get me a sip of something to drink, some water, some juice, 
and some crackers because you know they all eat what they eat. Eat. Um, <laughs> yes. Then you have provided all we need, and our kids remind us to keep it simple. And yeah. So I'm just grateful for that. And again, thank you once more for being here on episode 12, documenting dreams. And I can't wait to see all of our dreams come true. Thank you, Janelle. It was a pleasure.